Appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and up to Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2. And as you're turning there, I just want to remind you of a couple things. On the back table, there are, um, uh, there are some of these, and you should have got one in the mail. There are building commitment funds back there, or slips rather, not funds. There's no funds back there. Uh, you go back, if you find any funds in there, make sure you put them in the offering, okay? Uh, but uh, there's building commitment slips back there, and, uh, and that's how we, we cover our uh, cost of our, our building uh, every year, the payments that we make. Um, and so if you would pray about what God would have you to do as far as uh, giving to the building fund uh, that is separate, and then as well, there's uh, Christmas offering envelopes. We'll be taking up a, we're, we're taking up a Christmas offering throughout the month of December. There's not one day specifically for that. You can give any time during the month of December. Just mark it for the Christmas uh, offering. And then there's tracks back there and a Bible reading schedule. And get those tracks. It's Christmas time. And uh, what a great time to be able to pass out those tracks and let people know about that. All right. And so I just want to let you know about those things. And then if you missed Friday night, the uh, uh, the adult Christmas banquet, you missed it. We had a great time, and uh, it was just went really smooth. We had uh, a group that helped decorate. Things looked absolutely great. And then another group that helped with uh, food and prep and all of that, and uh, appreciate them. They, that was a phenomenal job. And then another group ran the games, and another group uh, ran the cleanup, and, and it just really went smoothly. And I appreciate everyone that had a part in that. I cannot name names because there's too many people, uh, but if you were involved, and you helped in that. We appreciate that. It was a big uh, blessing, and uh, and I, I thought it was a really good time. We just had a great time. Just it was uh, it was nice. It was a good fellowship, and uh, and so I appreciate that. Um, so I wanted to get all that out of the way. All right, now Matthew chapter number two. Uh, I feel like there's so much commercial I got to give, and then uh, I don't like to do all that, but. Uh, some of it's necessary, I guess, by way of information. While I'm saying that, too, uh, I'll just say this, uh, that, uh, that all our bills are play, paid, all our missionaries are up to date, praise the Lord. Uh, we don't owe anything uh, as far as electric bills. We still owe on the building, obviously. We're still paying that, but, uh, uh, but everything is current, and thank the Lord for that. Uh, as we turn to Matthew chapter number 2, and we're going to start verse number 9 uh, this morning. The Bible says this, we're talking about the wise men, we're talking about the Je Jesus being born, and, and the wise men had come seeking for Jesus, and they've already gone to, uh, to Herod, and, and he's told them, uh, go, and when you find him, come back and let me know. And so we'll, we'll pick it up in verse number 9. The Bible says, when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for your many blessings. Thank you, Father, for the privilege that we have to be in your house, gathered around your word. God, I pray that you would use me this morning. Father, I pray that you would speak through me. And God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart, encourage those that are saved. And God, I pray that if there's one that does not know you, I pray, Father, that they would uh, realize that this morning. And Father, that they would trust you as their 
own personal Savior. And Father, we'll thank you for that. God will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As I read this, uh, just one thing I, I want to point out that's uh, not really in the message, and that's this. Uh, the Bible says there in verse number uh, 9, as well as verse number 11, that when the wise men uh, came to see Jesus, uh, that he was not a babe in a manger. Many times uh, people have that idea of the, the wise men being right there at the manger with the shepherds. Well, the Bible kind of gives us another idea that Jesus was a young child. And uh, on, on, matter of fact, that came up on a Friday night on our adult Christmas banquet, all right? And, uh, and so there was some question about that. Uh, but uh, uh, there you go, right there from Scripture. So, uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, as we look at this, uh, I would, I, we, we look at the wise men. And uh, we look at what they had done, and, and we've looked at that in the past, but what I want to look at this morning is, is I've entitled the message, Wise Men's Gifts. Wise Men's Gifts. And uh, even today, in 2022, we can still give to God uh, something. And uh, as we look at this, uh, most of the time when we look at this, we look at how these gifts uh, represented the prophecy of Jesus Christ. And that's very right. That's very correct. And the gold represented his uh, kingly stature. And that's certainly uh, true. And the, uh, the myrrh stands for uh, something else. And the frankincense. And, and they look towards his pro their prophetic towards his death. But as we think about all of those things this morning, I want us to reverse it and I want us to realize and I want us to understand that the wise men brought these gifts to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we think about Christmas and we think about giving, hey, there is something that we can give still to God in 2022. And, uh, and I, so I want to look at that and apply those gifts of how we can give to God. And as we look at the, the gifts that were given there, the very first thing that he says uh, that was the gifts, they presented them unto him, gifts, gold. And, uh, and you think gold, boy, what does that represent? Well, that's the easiest one. Uh, gold simply represents wealth. I mean, you look it up in the Bible, and, uh, and it's used as wealth throughout Scripture. Save your spot here in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter number 2, and go with me to Exodus chapter number 25. And I want you to notice the amount of gold. I was reading through this and, and, uh, and looking at the, them building the sanctuary, and it's quite impressive. Exodus chapter number 25 at the instruction God laid out for them to build the sanctuary. And, uh, and, it and look with me in Exodus chapter number 25 and verse number 3. The Bible says this. We'll not read all of it for sake of time. Uh, but it says this. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them gold and silver and brass. Jump down to verse number 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And so the nation of Israel was uh, tasked with building a sanctuary. It was in Exodus. It was actually a tabernacle that was movable. Uh, but if you read down through there, it is amazing the amount of gold that was incorporated into that tabernacle. And, uh, and it was really quite a, quite a sight to behold. Uh, look with me in verse number uh, 28 and 29. 
We'll just pull a couple verses out of here. The Bible says, And thou shalt make the wood, make the staves of shittim wood, and overlay them with gold, that the table may be borne with them. And thou shalt make the dishes thereof, and spoons thereof, and covers thereof, and bowls thereof, to cover withal of pure gold shalt thou make them. Boy, could you imagine walking into the, uh, into the sanctuary, into the temple in that day, and, and seeing just the uh, amount of decor that was overlaid with gold? It was quite a sight to behold, to be honest with you. And uh, I've, you know, we've never been to that. I, we don't know what the, uh, that all looked like per se. We read about it, uh, but it would be quite impressive. Matter of fact, I was reading how, uh, as I read through that whole chapter, because it was just fascinating to me, and, and I read how they would take gold and they would beat it out uh, until it was flat, and then they would cut it into strands, and they would basically make string out of pure gold and take that and weave it into some of the clothing and some of the articles that they would make make for the temple. And, and it fascinates me because that was almost 6,000 years ago. Boy, what a, not quite six, I guess, but, but it was thousands of years ago. And I think how fascinating it was that they would make this, this sanctuary and it was dedicated to God and that they had given these things so that they could be used in God's sanctuary. Go with me to Exodus chapter 35 and verse number 22. Exodus chapter 35 and verse number 22. As we fast forward just a little bit in the book of Exodus, and uh, of course he gives all the dimensions of the, the tabernacle and how it was to be made, but in Exodus chapter 35 and verse number 22, the Bible says this, And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold, and every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And I found it very fascinating because uh, as they, they did that, I, I love that verse. The Bible says that they were willing. In other words, man, they took their gold and, uh, and they beat and they, they gave it to the tabernacle of God and, and they said, hey, we want this to be used in the construction and we want all of these things to be laid out. And, and, and so it was an absolute uh, beautiful sight. Now, I want you to notice this. Now, we don't live in the Old Testament. We don't live in all of that. And, and I'm not advocating that our piano should be gold covered and our pulpit should be gold covered. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but what I am saying is that those people willingly gave. And I find that fascinating. And uh, as we look at it, listen, the principle of giving holds true through the book of Genesis all the way throughout the New Testament. And people gave willingly of themselves. Sometimes people think, well, you know, uh, the church should just uh, to do this or do that. Listen, the church has always been uh, established and always been maintained by the giving of offerings. The church is not a business. And praise the Lord, our people have been so faithful. You guys have been so faithful in giving. And I appreciate it. And God has blessed our church in all reality. But I'm just saying this, that we don't go out and sell this or do this. We're not a business. We never have been. And by the grace of God, we never will be. 
because we're a ministry. And, and we're established to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And listen, in the Old Testament, they were not a business. Uh, the people willingly gave uh, so that the tabernacle could be built. Uh, I love the principle in, in Proverbs chapter 3. Go with me to Proverbs. I want you to see that in the Word of God. We're talking about the wise men and how they brought gold to Jesus Christ. And listen, it was a very proper and a very fitting gift for the king of kings. And they gave of their wealth. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, and I love this because it's a principle that's so clear here. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, in verse number 9, it says, Proverbs 3, 9, I'll give you a moment to get there. We're talking about giving and giving to God. The Bible says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Listen, if the Bible simply said, Honor the Lord, then that'd be easy. Hey, we, we, we would come here on Sunday. We would sing praises to His name. We would uh, glorify Him and we would honor the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible's very clear in Proverbs 3, 9. It says, Honor the Lord with thy substance. He's not talking about simply honoring God with our voice, honoring God with our presence. He's saying, hey, physically take your substance and honor God with what you have. Look at what he says. He goes on. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Boy, the Bible's pretty clear. And in Bible times, if you look at that and you go back, what, did, what was that about? Listen, the reason it's worded like that is they didn't go to a job and work a job for uh, 40, 50 hours a week. And then at the end of that week or two weeks or however it was, they didn't receive a paycheck or automatic debit into their bank account because they didn't have all of that. They would go out and work in their fields. And, and when harvest time came around, boy, it was a prosperous time. I mean, they had invested all summer long plowing and, 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 and watering and, and weeding and taking care of all of that stuff. And, and when it came time for harvest, hey, listen, it was a wonderful time. And they would go out and harvest from the fields. And God was telling them this, honor the Lord with the substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. In other words, hey, uh, the first part that you gather in, it belongs to God. And God made it very clear. And I love the book of Proverbs because it is an, uh, a principle. Go on to verse number 10 and look at what he says. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. And he says, hey, listen, if you're honoring God, then listen, he's going to take care of you. What I love about that, he doesn't say that you'll be rich. Okay, he never said that your barns are going to be so full. What did the guy in the New Testament say? I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns. No, he didn't say that. He said that I'm going to bless you and you will have enough and your barns will be filled. And if you give to God, there is a principle that, hey, he will take care of you. Listen, the tithe, it belongs to God. That is the first fruits. I've often said, that, listen, the tithe uh, is the beginning part of giving to God. That's where you start. 
I've, I've taught our kids when they were young, and I remember starting when I was young. I remember my parents teaching me, and you know what? If you learn this concept as a child, man, it makes your whole life so much easier. My parents would give me, uh, I don't know if they gave me $10, they gave me a dollar. But they give me a dollar, and guess what? Ten cents of that belongs to God. And you know what? I took ten cents and I gave it to God. They give me ten dollars, and one of those dollars I take and I gave to God. And it, and it belonged to God. And, and if you learn that concept on a small scale, as you get older, it's really easy. And when I get paid, I just say, you know what? This belongs to God. And Jesus, or the, the Bible says there in Proverbs, honor the Lord with thy first fruits, uh, or with thy substance and with thy first fruits. In other words, hey, there is a priority that God would be first. And uh, listen, that there's a principle of proving. Listen, the New Testament says it this way. Second uh, Corinthians, go with me to Second Corinthians, and I want you to see this there. Second Corinthians chapter number nine. We're talking about giving. And the wise man brought gold to him. That would obviously be wealth. We know that throughout Scripture. And uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. But he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. We used to sing in Peru, we'd sing a song every time we picked up the offering. And it was that script, I, I kind of remember the tune, but I don't remember the words, especially uh, right off the top of my head. But it was a cheerful song, and, uh, and, and we basically sang that scripture verse every time we picked up the offering. And, and you know what? It just, it just kind of brought joy to your heart. And, and when you go to put something in the offering, man, it was kind of a joyful thing to say, you know what, I'm going to give to God. Hey, listen, if you're going to give to God grudgingly, you might as well keep it because God's not going to bless you said, man, I got to give this. The preacher said, I got to give it. God said, I got to give it. So I'm going to give it. But man, I sure could use that. God's not going to bless that. You might as well keep it. I'm serious about that. If you can't give with a joyful spirit and a happy heart and say, man, praise the Lord that God has blessed me and I, got to, I get to give. Man, do you understand what a blessing it is for us to be able to invest in the ministry of God and to give to God what he's given to us and say, God, I'm going to trust you. It will help grow your faith. And he, it's promised over and over. Hey, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 are just one verse set of verses that promises is the blessing. You go to Malachi, uh, we won't go there for sake of time, but chapter 3, and we know the passage that says, will a man rob God? Uh, and, and you say, wherein have you robbed God? And that you, you've withheld basically your tithes and offerings. But he goes on and he says this, prove me herein that I will not pour out a blessing on you. And so by not giving, you're saying, God, I don't want your blessing in my life. That's effectively what you're saying, because he says, I will bless you. I will take care of you. Go with me to the book of uh, Zechariah. I want you to see this. Go to, go to Malachi. Go to Matthew, and then go back to Malachi, and then go back to Zechariah. And then just before Zechariah is Haggai. It'll help you find it, trust me. 
It's only two chapters in that book, and it takes for, I flipped over, I, I bookmarked it because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to find that. Haggai chapter number two, chapter number one. And look at what it says in verse number five. This is an amazing passage. Haggai chapter number one in verse number five. The Bible says this. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Haggai chapter one, verse number five, consider your ways. Look at what it says in verse number six. He says, you have sown much. Now he's talking about planting and he's talking about reaping. You have sown much. You've taken a lot of seed and you've invested it in your fields. You have sown much and bring in little. Wait a minute. Wait, what's, what's the whole idea of sowing and reaping? If you take one seed and you put it in the ground, you would get back more than what you put in the ground. That's the general principle that takes place. But God is saying, hey, listen, there's a problem and you're sowing a whole lot of seed, but you are not reaping what you should reap. Go on. He says, you bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. In other words, hey, you go out and you work your job and, and you're saving everything and you're saying, man, it is not enough and my needs are not being met and I'm not, not making it. And, and, I, and he's saying, hey, you're putting it into a bag with holes and it's falling out the other side and you're losing it. What does he say? Why? Look at verse number seven. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain." And bring wood and build houses, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Uh, go back with me in verse number four. I missed it. Go back to verse number. Go back to verse number three. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? And he's talking about the house of God. And he's saying, hey, is it time for all of you to have your houses all taken care of and your needs are all met and your houses are all got fine, but the house of God is in disarray because they were not giving. And he says, consider your ways. And then he tells them in verse number six, hey, you're sowing a lot, but you're not getting enough back. You're, you're working, but it's just simply not enough there. Uh, and he's saying, hey, you need to consider your ways. I'm just saying there is, we could go to verse after verse after verse in the New Testament that would say, God will bless you when you give. It's a principle that holds true from the Old Testament all the way to the New. And I'm just saying, God will bless you if you give and you give to God. The tithe, I don't have time to go through all of this, but the tithe belongs to God. That's 10%. Offerings, they give more than that. The tithe was the starting place. Offerings are like our building fund commitment. They're like the missions commitment that we give. You give to the church. You say, you know what? I love uh, the Lord and I want to bless and I want to give to these ministries so that, so that God will be uh, honored. And, and you know what? The Bible says God loveth a cheerful giver. And hey, he'll bless us. And I'm just saying that's one way that we can give and we ought to give to God. The wise men brought gold, obviously. 
gold would represent wealth, and we ought to give of wealth to the Lord. Listen, I've grown up my whole life in church to thank God for it. And I tell you what, God has taken care of me time and time again. Hey, God has taken care of my family. I have six kids. God has taken care of us through thick and thin, traveling around the country, going to South America, going to Italy. And God has provided and provided and provided. And it's not because of me. It's because he's been faithful to us. Hey, we just give and do what God would have us to do. Hey, maybe, maybe if you're having some difficulty, try giving to God. Because I tell you what, he says, prove me, try me. Exercise your faith, and He will bless you. The wise men, they brought gold, and that represents wealth. I want you to notice the second gift is frankincense. I mean, I looked this word up every time it was used in the Bible. It's only used 17 times in the Bible. And it's a very fascinating study. I would really encourage you to go back and do it because it, it was quite enlightening and, and looking at what frankincense is. And Leviticus chapter 2, we won't go there for sake of time, but uh, it, it was part of the meat offering. Uh, and meat offering is not what you think. I read that several times. I thought, why is it called a meat offering? And there's no meat in it. And, uh, and, and there's, no, there's no meat. There's no... Um, I almost said carne, that's Spanish. Uh, there's no meat in it. There's, uh, there's no uh, beef in it, all right? Uh, the old Wendy's commercial, where's the beef? Uh, this is a flour offering. Uh, it, it wasn't made to be a sin offering. It was an offering that they would offer as an oblation to God. And that simply means that it was an offering that men would bring to God so that they would worship God. God. In Leviticus chapter 2, it outlines uh, that meat offering. And it's called meat, by the way. I do know why. Because flour, many times, is referred to in the Bible as meat. Uh, and so that's why it's called that. And it was a flour offering with frankincense that was added into it, and olive oil, and a few other things. And it was made in the way of worshiping God. Hey, listen, in 2022, we can certainly still give to God in our wealth, but also, listen, we can give to God in our worship. There's something to be said for getting together. Praise the Lord. I've said this, I've, I know I've preached it, but I tell you what, there's something to be said for getting together with God's people. I thank God for our online stream it's helpful when people are sick and they can't come to church. And, and, but listen, it's not church. And the people that, that listen to that, they know that. They're appreciative that they get to tune in, but it's not the same as being here in church. Hey, listen, there is something to be said to gather together with other believers and rub shoulders with them and be encouraged and we worship the Lord together. Hey, there is uh, honoring God with our substance as he says in Proverbs chapter 3 and 9. There's something to be said to honoring God with our presence and gathering together so that we can worship God corporately. The Bible says, and I've quoted this verse many a times, where there are two or three gathered together uh, in my name, uh, there I will be in the midst. And listen, uh, I've, I've had very small meetings. I was a missionary where I started the church, and I remember a time or two, I remember having Sunday school and having one guy in my Sunday school class. And my wife, 
My only Sunday school teacher took the Sunday school department, all my kids, uh, to a class and taught them. And, and, and I had one guy in my class, and she had higher attendance because we had five kids or four kids at the time. And, and, uh, and I remember teaching that one guy. And I'm like, well, praise the Lord, where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. You know, I'm grateful that, for that. And listen, we have got together with my family, and, and we have family devotions. But can I tell you something? It's just not quite the same as getting together with other believers. And saying, hey, man, we, we love the Lord. Together, we want to sing praises to God. Together, we want to open our Bibles and we want to worship the Lord. Hey, listen, He is worthy. We were go, we've been going through the book of Revelation on Sunday nights. And, and, and uh, boy, we hit chapter 4 and chapter 5. And they are all about praising God. Man, and I get excited reading about those in heaven when we'll be gathered together. And, and, and listen, down here, we praise the Lord, and I'm grateful to be able to praise the Lord with you all. But I tell you what, I look forward to the day that, man, we have that, uh, how many voice choir? I have no idea. A million voice choir singing to God. More than that, I, I, don't, I have no clue how many people will be, will be gathered together in heaven. And boy, we will praise Him. Why? Because He's worthy of honor and praise. And we can worship Him. And we ought to give Him uh, the gift of worship. Hey, listen, the disciples, uh, this is not new. The disciples gathered, John 20, 19, on the first day of the week, uh, they, they went and they gathered uh, there to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul continued it in, in Acts chapter 20 on the first day of the week when they came together for breaking of bread. Paul preached unto them and, and listen, they would gather together and they would worship God. And listen, we're commanded in Hebrews not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together uh, as the manner of some is. Uh, and, and so we are to gather together. But listen, I don't want to gather together out of obligation. Those wise men didn't go there to, to bring Jesus. Well, we got to bring the gifts to Jesus. I mean, after all, that's what we're supposed to do. Bring the, bring, you get the gold, you carry it, and you carry the frankincense. And, and they, didn't, they, they didn't travel all that way with a begrudging spirit saying, well, we're supposed to do this. No, no, no. They willingly, and they took those gifts. Listen, I love getting together with people who just say, man, I want to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing that we can bring the gift of worship and praise to the Lord Jesus Christ as we gather together. Those, those, those wise men, how many were there? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But they brought gold. That's wealth. They brought frankincense. Boy, that, that, that represented worship. I looked up every time the word myrrh was used. It's used slightly less than frankincense is in the Bible. What is myrrh exactly? Well, myrrh is, uh, it was used in the temple in worship as well. And it's more uh, attributed with the idea of perfumes and, and, and the fact that it smells good. You find it in the book of Song of Solomon and you find it in the book of Proverbs and you find it in the book of, uh, of, of Leviticus in the worship in the temple and, and that it, it always had with it a, a good scent and a good aroma. 
And we know that some of that represented the, the suffering of Jesus Christ. We get that. We understand that. But as we're thinking about how, how do these gifts apply to things that we can take to the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, the gold would represent the wealth and, and the frankincense would represent the worship that we would give to our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can do that on a regular basis. But as we think about the myrrh and we look at that, uh, listen, I believe that there's some uh, representation of that as to our testimony and our witness that we would give off. The Bible says this, go with me to Psalm 45 and verse number 7. Psalm 45, 7, thinking about myrrh. Psalm 45 and verse number 7. The Bible says this, Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Now he's talking about God. And he says, Therefore God thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloe and cassia out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. There's something about that aroma that comes off. And I, I would love, I would love to go back and, and just know how it was to walk into that temple and the smells. Listen, I don't think it smelled bad. They used myrrh in that temple. They would burn uh, frankincense and incense in that temple so it would smell nice. And, and you'd walk, I mean, I tell you what, you would walk in that place and, uh, and it would just take your mind automatically, hey, it's time to worship the Lord. Hey, we're going to offer sacrifices. And, and they would, their mind would go to that. There's something about a pleasant smell that is so nice. We, of course, lived in Peru and and in Peru, man, it gets hot. And, uh, and I remember we, we'd have to send uh, things on occasion, and, and you'd send them to buy bus, and so we would load this stuff up, we'd take it to the, to the bus station, and there's this guy, man, he was, he was wrapping it, and this was in Lima. Man, it was muggy, it was hot, and man, did you ever sweat in Lima. I did not enjoy Lima. I was glad when the Lord moved us out. But we lived there, and, and so we'd go to that bus station, man, and that guy, he was, he, was, he was working, and he was wrapping that luggage, and he's, you know, moving stuff around, and, and man, you got close to him, and wow, you knew that fellow was working hard. We'll just say, we'll leave it at that. I mean, you could just tell. There was no doubt in your mind, this fellow had been working all day. And listen, they, listen they, sometimes smells are not pleasant. Man, we, we have all this perfume and all this stuff. And man, you get a, a breath of something that smells nice. So you walk through and you catch a, a nice aroma and you're like, wow, that was pleasant. Hey, listen, that's how the life of a Christian ought to appear to the world. Hey, listen, God loves the righteousness, it says there in Psalms, and he hates wickedness, and we know that throughout Scripture. And listen, if we are living a righteous life, and listen, then other people ought to look at us, and it may bother them because we may be better than them, not because of our own righteousness, but because God changed our life, and that may bother them. But ultimately, they're going to look at us and they're going to say, man, I really kind of wish I had what he has. And they ought to be interested in what we have. They might not tell you that, 
They might even act opposite. They might even be angry with you because you, got, you look like you have everything down and everything together, and it's really Jesus holding everything together. But they don't know that. And listen, that fragrance ought to smell precious. And it smells precious to God. The Bible says this in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Boy, we have a responsibility to do good works. I've said this many times and I'll continue to say it. Christians, uh, young people, Christians ought to be the best workers at your job. And it's really not that hard. You show up on time. You do your job, the end of the day, uh, you know, you, you clock out and you go home. I'm telling you, and talking to some people, if you just did that, you'd be the best employee they'd have. Because half the time, man, that people just don't do their job. And much less go a cut above or do anything extra. And I'm just saying that, that what is that? Hey, those are good works that we will do. And people will see them and they'll say, man, there's something different. Man, he shows up to work. He's got a good attitude. He works hard while he's here. And, and when, when he's all done, he goes home and, and he's not fooling around and doing this and that. And, uh, and listen, we ought to have a good witness, not just in the workplace, but everywhere we go. Hey, our neighbor neighbors ought to take notice. Man, you know, they're not, uh, that, that house over there, they're, uh, they're not one of the wildest houses on the block. They're not having parties every Friday night that are wild and things are out of control and the police are showing up all the time. Hey, they ought to look at our house and say, hey, that, those people are peaceful over there and there's something that is sweet about that house and the fragrance that we get from there uh, is something that, is, uh, that, is, that we enjoy and it's something that's good and I'm just saying, hey, if we we will bring a, a good life and a clean life to the Lord Jesus Christ and present that as our gift to Him. It will be a witness. And listen, other people will take note of that. We can bring to them our wealth. We can bring to them our worship. And we can bring our witness of the Lord Jesus Christ and how He's changed our life. It's a fragrance that's pleasant. The Bible references it in the book of Revelation that had a, a vial that was uh, pleasant when they opened it up. It was the prayers of the saints. And listen, that we would spend time as a good witness and a good testimony before the lost and dying world. That's what God wants. Those are gifts that you can give to God not just in December of 2022, but in January of 2023, February, March, all year long, you can continue giving gifts to God, and we ought to, for His honor, for His glory. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we look at the gifts and we think about how we can give gifts, praise the Lord for our opportunity. And I said in the beginning, listen, our, our church has been faithful and you have in giving, and I thank God for that. I really do. I don't preach it because people don't give. I preach it because it's in the Word of God, and I have a responsibility to give the entire counsel of the Word of God. And in all honesty, I don't want you to miss out on a blessing in your life. Give of your wealth. 
Give of your worship. Give of your witness to the world. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. God, I pray that you would help and bless and encourage and strengthen each and every believer this morning. God, I didn't really preach on salvation, Father, and if one is not here, I pray, God, that they would realize that their need for salvation, the very first thing that they need to give to you is their, their life. And say, God, I'm yours. So, Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. God, will thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar is open. Are you giving to God of your wealth? Are you giving of God, giving to God of your worship? Are you giving to God of your witness?